We aspire to be a place where anyone and everyone can come, find a cohort of people to share their ideas with and engage in dialogue and conversation. And without those ideas powering the network, the network would be a lot less powerful. We are right at the cusp of something huge. We are at a crossroads and the future is completely within our control. We're living through the single biggest culture shift of our time. This is the time for us to just really take charge. That's what revolutions do. They enable the impossible. Hey everyone, I'm Kip Bodner. I'm CMO at HubSpot. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Growth Show. Today, I'm really excited to be joined by Sophie Mora from Medium, and we're going to talk about that company's crazy growth and how they're enabling content creators all around the world. Sophie, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Uh, so for the people listening who, who might not know, tell us a little bit about Medium. What is Medium? What are you guys out there trying to do? Absolutely. Um, simply put, Medium is a social content platform. Our CEO, Ev Williams, is one of the founders of Twitter. And before he founded Twitter, he founded a company called Blogger. Um, Medium, you can think of as Blogger meets Twitter. So it's a place online to connect, share stories, ideas, engage in dialogue, debate, and, um, and, and really take advantage of a social form of conversation that we believe doesn't exist anywhere else online. You know, that's a fascinating description. One of the things that I think people always ask me about Medium, is it a publishing platform or is it a social network? And I think you're telling me it's a little bit of both, but I'd love to hear kind of your take on which takes priority in, in those two things. Yeah, I think there are two sides of a coin. And um, one is what makes the other really powerful here on Medium. So we, we aspire to be a place where anyone and everyone can come, find a cohort of people to share their ideas with and engage in dialogue and conversation. And without those ideas powering the network, the network would be a lot less powerful. And without the, the social network aspect, the connections to friends and peers, um, the ideas would be much less robust. So I think that one is, is incredibly important in the other. And I don't know that I'd be able to prioritize one. Yeah, it's a really interesting opportunity. What I'd love to hear a little bit more about is that a lot of people out there like, wow, they've gotten people to create content and they've got people to consume, be part of this network. How, what do you guys, what have you done to enable that? How have you powered that growth? I think one thing that's important to know about Medium for, for maybe some of your listeners who don't have accounts is that when you join the platform, we really encourage you to use credentials from other social platforms you may use. So for example, if you have a robust Twitter presence, when you create your Medium account, if you use those Twitter credentials, we mine your social graph to make sure that when you arrive here at the platform, you have a pre-populated cohort of people whom you've already signaled that you care about because you follow them on Twitter or they follow you. Um, and, and because of that, you're surrounded as soon as you create this account with a group of people whose ideas you're presumably interested in, right? Because you followed them on Twitter. And likewise, once you start to create content here on Medium and when you hit publish, that 
pushes out what you've written to your group of followers, those people are presumably interested in what you have to say as well because they've followed you on other social platforms. Um, so I think the fact that you join connected to a group of people you've already proven you elsewhere have shared interests with is part of what makes the experience of consuming and creating content on Medium particularly powerful. Yeah, that's, that's really fascinating. I think the follow-up to that would be, you know, at HubSpot, we deal with a lot of, we work with a lot of businesses who are working to create content for them for themselves on their blog, their website. And I think the folks listening here, if they're a marketer, if they're a business leader, are probably thinking, well, how should I use Medium for my business content? Should I, should my blog be hosted on Medium? Should I be syndicating some of my content through the Medium network? How should I be thinking about that? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, we we get lots of lots of queries along those lines from brands and companies who are curious um, about how they can leverage Medium for their purposes. And there are a couple things we say. First of all, um, we certainly do encourage syndication. If you uh, have a corporate blog or a personal blog for individual users, and you'd like to share that content across Medium as well. By all means, that can be a wonderful way to start to get up and running and establish a presence, build an audience here. Um, but what can be even more powerful is to develop content that's medium native, meaning it was created with this platform in mind. And there are certain kinds of content that do particularly well on the platform. And so developing your posts with some of those best practices in mind um, can be really helpful. And I think that for brands in particular, there's a very unique challenge, but also opportunity um, in creating medium accounts and engaging with consumers and potential consumers that way. And I say challenge because um, a lot of times it's, it's hard for marketers to really reach consumers and to engage with them. Now, Medium offers a huge opportunity to do that in a different way because of the interactive features. So um, brands can come here and create content and deliver it straight from their executive team or their CEO. And that way they have a chance to reach consumers in a very unique way. Um, to present their executive voices in a way that feels very accessible. Because if the brands are smart and they're using Medium um, in accordance with our best practices, then their executives are posting straight from individual accounts and presenting as just another Medium user, um, telling authentic stories with narrative components that are really compelling and that allow them to impact consumers potentially in a different way than they can via more traditional marketing mechanisms. Okay, let's. I'd love to follow up a little bit on that. And what are the what are the people who are really successful creating content on Medium? What are they doing? What can can brands and can companies learn from the most successful Medium content creators right now? What have you seen? I'm, I'm sure you read a lot of their content constantly, so you've, I'm sure you've picked up some tips that you could share with everybody. Yeah, there's a lot. I should preface my answer by saying there's a lot of content on the platform. We have thousands of posts published every day. Um, our, our algorithms do a, a great job of surfacing content that our users find most valuable. And there tend to be patterns to those pieces of content that really emerge in a strong way over time. So, for example, because of who our founder is and um, who a lot of our early adopters have tended to be, there is a strong bias on the platform towards um, stories from and about startups 
entrepreneurs, um, founders, you know, CEOs of early stage companies. There's a real appetite for stories and learnings from individuals in that category. Uh, so one of the one of the very successful posts that we had on Medium over the summer was from Brian Chesky of Airbnb. And he shared a pretty inspirational post, which included direct language from seven rejection emails he had received during the early stages of trying to pitch Airbnb to investors. And obviously, Airbnb has built itself into an incredible business today. Um, and I think that inside look at what it was like in the early stages of building the company and getting to read the actual rejection letters, these are from investors who, who declined an opportunity to be a part of Airbnb early on, was really, really compelling for our audience of readers and writers who may themselves be in the early stages of founding companies, who may themselves be investors, um, or who are just really interested in thinking in different ways about the startup community. So that was one example of um, you know, a company executive taking a different approach to telling the story of his company that resonated in a pretty profound way across the platform. That's that. I read that post. It was awesome. Uh, I think it's a. There are lots of tidbits you can pull from from Brian's kind of technique. There it was really good. Coming up, we'll hear from Sophie how Medium waits replies and comments, one of her favorite posts she's seen, and what she recently binge watched on Netflix. Haven't subscribed to The Growth Show on iTunes yet? Go ahead and subscribe to receive notifications for upcoming episodes featuring companies like Canva, Lyft, and Blue Ocean Strategy. And now, back to Sophie from Medium. I think going going a little bit further into that and going back to some of your original con- comments around Medium being a network, one of the things that I notice when I open the Medium app on my phone is that you guys also, in addition to surfacing articles, you also surface comments, and that comments seem to be a more valuable part of the Medium network than maybe they feel like on traditional blogs. Is that intentional? How, how do you increase that comment engagement? What are your, your thoughts and feelings kind of around comments as a company? I am so glad you asked that question. Um, it's, you're, you're right on. It's something we really think a lot about here at Medium. And um, we, we think of our responses, as we call them here internally, as one of the main drivers of conversation across the network. So say I'm reading a piece of content on Medium and I feel inspired to react to it or to build upon the idea or the argument that's being presented in the post. I have the opportunity all the way at the bottom of the post to click on this gray text that says write a response. And what's different about Medium's interface as compared to other social platforms that we're all more used to is that my response in that instance actually populates a brand new URL. So by choosing to take the opportunity to respond, I'm creating my own independent Medium post that's going to live in two places. Yes, it's going to live in conjunction with that original piece of, con- of content that I decided to react to, but it's also going to be linked to my profile. So someone coming to Medium and searching for me is going to unearth on my profile page all of the posts I sat down and decided to write, whether they're responses or one-off posts that aren't linked to other pieces of content. Um, and that's really cool, and it benefits the network and the platform in several ways. 
One of which, which we think is pretty important, is that it cuts down on the kinds of drive-by trolling behavior that we see on other social networks. Um, because that, that response is linked to my profile page and my existence on Medium in a pretty fundamental way, I'm less likely to make an obnoxious comment or um, troll someone or do any of these negative behaviors we see elsewhere. And because of that, we, we hope and we believe that we're creating a platform on Medium that's especially welcoming to women and some of the other underrepresented communities out there in the tech world and in on, online communities. Um, but the other thing that's interesting is that when I respond to a Medium post or, or to a piece of content, of course, other readers and users have the opportunity to respond to me in turn. And in that way, posts can become these wonderful branched conversations that take on a life of their own and go in all kinds of unexpected directions. That's, that's fascinating. And it's a really different approach than any other platforms really taken. And I, I'm going to kind of make a conclusion here that if, if you're a brand or if you're a company that's trying to improve their content strategy, create more content online, even just replying to to popular threads and having your own dialogue on Medium to popular articles seems like a really interesting opportunity, even if you weren't going to have a standalone, maybe dedicated new content topic kind of publication on Medium. Is that, do you think that that's the case? And do you think we'll see people doing that? I love that you said that because that's absolutely a user behavior that we encourage and, and would love to see more of. And, you know, I have a lot of conversations with individuals and brands who are really interested in establishing medium presences. And one of the best practices that we always advise is spending time cultivating the network of people you're connected to on medium. I think that users sometimes have a tendency to, to join and assume that there's gonna be automatic distribution for whatever they write. And the re reality is that there are enormous distribution opportunities across Medium, but there are earned distribution opportunities. So the more time you spend cultivating your network, reading posts of the people you're connected to, um, and taking advantage of our interactive features, which I can explain in more depth, but um, top line we have recommend, highlight, respond, and then there's also a, a note function. The more you do that, um, the more engagement you'll see in return. And the other thing I want to mention is tags. Tags are a really powerful part of the way that posts and pieces of content are organized across the Medium platform. So if you're coming to your Medium account with a list of three things you know you're interested in or that you know you want to create content around, it's going to really benefit you to spend some time using our search function to find out what conversations exist around those topics already. And then before you publish anything, making sure to carefully tag your posts with the appropriate language. And we offer, I think you can tag up to three. Yeah, you can use three different tags on a piece of medium content. And using those tags strategically will really help your post um, make its way across the platform and amplify your message um, as you intend it to, to spread. Fantastic. For everybody listening, I would have taken some pretty detailed notes on that last answer because there's some really great insight into how to get more and more people to see your content on Medium. Uh, it's fantastic, fantastic insights. I want to switch gears and have a little fun. What is the, on Medium, what's the 
post most recently that has kind of struck a big chord with you, generated a big emotional reaction? I know you read a bunch of stuff on the platform, but I'd love for you to kind of call out one post that's really impacted you recently. That's a great question. And there are so many to choose from. Um, I have to say that there's been a very interesting conversation on the platform this fall among male and female leaders about the topic of parenting. And some of this was inspired by a book that Anne-Marie Slaughter is writing. Um, and it actually came out a couple of weeks ago. It's called Unfinished Business, Men, Women, Work, and Family. And Anne-Marie is um, a power medium user and has really written some pretty compelling content about what it's like to integrate her professional life with her personal life. And um, so she wrote a very powerful piece, How We Talk about her experience during her first marriage when her identity in her new title, which was Mrs. Stephen K. Burley, was totally subsumed in our cultural language around marriage. Her name was no longer a part of her married name. And um, that all-encompassing Mrs. kind of became her new identity. And that post got some really interesting engagement across the site, including from a woman, Ellen Petrie-Lenz, who is a formal former Google executive and a really interesting um, leader in the technology field in her own right. And that's part of what's really interesting about Medium as a network is that um, when you create a piece of content, you're putting it out into the wild and then you never know who's going to be there on the other end reading what you've written or choosing to circle back and write you a response. And that's, that's part of what's cool about having a Medium presence. Fascinating. Uh, there's been a ton of great content. Uh, I really enjoyed the article when I'm gone. So that's one of my, that's, it's a, I won't go into too much of it on the podcast, but if you're listening, you should, should go search for that in medium and give it a read. It's a, it's an intense one, but it's, it's really awesome. Okay. So let's take one second and talk about something that's not medium. So other than medium, what's the, what's the growth company, the startup that has probably most impacted your life in the past year? Either you use the service a lot or you love the, you think they're changing the world in some way. What's somebody that's really made an impact in your life? I would have to say, having joined Medium about six months ago, we are all totally addicted to Slack here. And I come from the world of old media, so I hadn't been exposed to Slack. And it's, do you use Slack? Are you familiar with it? So yeah, so we we actually interviewed Bill McCamus, the CMO of Slack, uh, in an early episode of the podcast, and he kind of gave us some insight into the company and how they think about the product and marketing. So it's it's fantastic product. It's really remarkable. That's amazing. I'm gonna have to go back and listen to that interview. It sounds completely um, intriguing, and it's definitely impacted how we work here at Medium as a company and how I work and how I approach my day. You know, we are a, a distributed team. The Medium headquarters are based out in San Francisco, and then there's a smaller team of about 10 to 15 of us in New York, and um, we have another team member out in Washington, D.C., and at any given moment, members of the team are traveling, whether it's internationally or domestically, so there's a lot of moving bodies, and Slack is is pretty incredible just in the way that it keeps us all connected and in a virtual sense and it's pretty easy to establish alignment on the day's agenda items um, just by messaging each other and it, it feels kind of fun 
Um, and it's definitely cut down on my internal email traffic, which is interesting to see as well. So Slack's had a huge impact on how on how I work and how Medium as a company is able to function. That's a, that's really awesome. I think for everybody listening, it's it's emblematic of Slack's growth is the value. It, when people see the kind of value you're explaining, that's a really big, really big deal. And so that explains a lot of uh, Slack's growth. So that's awesome. Uh, one kind of last fun question. So are you, are you a Netflix user? I am. Okay. So what is the last series that you binge watched on Netflix? <laughs> I think it was the most recent series of House of Cards. Ooh, that's a good one. But I've heard amazing things about Catastrophe, actually, on Amazon Prime. So um, that's that's next on my must-watch list. It's a small divergence from my Netflix addiction, but I figure some variety is good. I've, I've heard good things as well. I haven't watched that. It's it's on my list as well. Amazon, I feel like, is is doing some great job on the original content stuff, too. So it's pretty pretty exceptional. Yeah. So before we close out here, I would love, you know, kind of some last tips for our listeners. If somebody's really looking to say, hey, Medium's a network that I find a lot of value in and I really want to build uh, part of my marketing and, and, and business around the Medium network, what are some tips that they can use to be successful? Yeah, great question. Part of the answer to that is definitely tags making sure that your content lives alongside related content on Medium will give you a a great shot at success um, because you want to ensure you're doing everything to promote the discoverability and searchability of your posts. But even more important than that is really engaging when you have something to say um, and not trying to force it when you don't. So we get this question all the time. What should my Medium publishing schedule be? And really, the platform is configured um, with a bias away from any kind of like frequent publishing schedule because the stream doesn't work that way. Your stream on Medium and your daily digest is populated by what the people you follow recommend. Recommend is the feature on the platform that's really closest to a retweet. Um, it's telling your followers what you read and the fact that you cared about it. People aren't going to recommend posts that don't feel really authentic and purposeful. So um, my advice is always to people, you know, spend time getting oriented on the platform, learning how the interactive features work, kind of building an audience by engaging other people's content, and then dive in when you really feel like you have something to say, something that you would want to talk about at a dinner party or at a bar getting drinks with your friends, something that you care about, feel passionately about, or have some special expertise in. Um, those are the posts that tend to do really well in Medium. Awesome. I, I, I did think of one more selfish question that I wanted to ask. <laughs> this is more for me personally than, than anybody else. So a lot of what I, I've heard is, you know, you're like, hey, we've got a teammate in D.C. This is, Medium's is an amazing platform for discussions around issues and moving issues forward. We've got a presidential election in 2016, and I feel like every presidential election, there's been some technological communication change that's really fueled it, whether it be Twitter, YouTube, those different things. Do we think Medium is going to be uh, one of the core aspects in the 2016 presidential election? Do we think it's going to play a role in the issues and the politics of, of 2016? 
All I can say is we've been bombarded with interest by the presidential candidates. That's and in awesome. fact, we have a growing team that's dedicated just to serving that community, the community of elected officials and um, presidential candidates. And um, we've had some really exciting moments of breaking news on the site. The White House is a medium power user. Um, they have, they've been really forward thinking in their use of the platform from sharing Obama's State of the Union speech last January to um, posting uh, the complete text of the Iran deal earlier this year, which was then annotated by our community of users. So for, for politicians who are looking to engage and reach their constituents, I think Medium does offer a very different and very compelling value proposition and it's definitely an area of the platform that's growing incredibly quickly. Yeah, that's fascinating. So, so exciting. Such an amazing time for Medium and such an amazing time for content on the, the web today and, and leveraging companies and to support their growth. So, Sophia Mora, I thank you so, so much for taking a few minutes out of your busy day and chatting with us on The Grow Show today. Thank oh. you so much. Oh, it was such a pleasure to be here. Thank you for, for inviting me. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Growth Show. If you enjoyed this episode, it would be great if you could leave us a quick review in iTunes. Those really help. If you head over to thegrowthshow.com, you can get on The Growth Show email list and get exclusive updates about the show. Until next time, I'm Kit Bodner from HubSpot.